Hey everybody, this is Karami. Before the episode starts, I just want to make a small correction. While we're talking about Billy McFarlane being released from prison later in the episode, I do misspeak and say that he was released in July of 2020. But actually, he was released from prison in March of 2022. Just wanted to clear that up so that when y'all hear it later, you know for sure he was actually released in March of 2022 to a halfway house. That's it. Enjoy this episode. Thank you. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Carrie and Cassandra, and we are Too, too Good, good to, to Be, be true. true. And this week, we are going to talk about Fire Festival. We have absolutely no business to go over. Nobody emailed us or yelled at us or anything. So we don't have to worry about that. And Actually, things are going pretty good. Yeah. And before we start with that, I'll do another silly email read. So I have this one from Linda Benson. She says, greetings. I wish you health and happiness. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> I am an orphan child. Please, I never want to disturb you at all, but I'll like you to give me your attention. I'm looking for a reliable person in your region to help me out of my present predicament. I need your help and assistance in the transfer of my inheritance fund to your bank account. I will give you full details on why I want to do this. Reply soon. It is urgent. Okay, Linda. Linda? <laughs> if he... Why? Exactly. Like... <laughs> Orphans are going to randomly just email a collection of words and hope that they hit the jackpot in finding somebody who's going to help them. So, like, if you get an email from an orphan, guys, it's not an orphan. It's a scam. It's a scammer. <laughs> Only scammers are trying to convince you to give them their bank account. Count information. Yeah. Not orphans. Yeah. So, anyway, now that we have that out of the way, we will go into our fire festival story. And Cassandra is going to take the lead on this one. Let me just tell you, this is a, this is a ride, y'all. <laughs> it is. It is a lot to pack in. So, with that being said, let's just, I guess... Dive in. Dive right into this. So... Fire Festival was supposed to be a luxury musical festival founded by Billy McFarland and the rapper Ja Rule. So, Mr. Billy McFarland, born as William Z. McFarland in 1991, grew up in New Jersey to parents who were real estate developers. He later attended Bucknell University, where he dropped out in May of his freshman year. After that, McFarland founded the short-lived online advertisement platform, Spling, where he served as CEO. It was short-lived because of its similarity to other services that existed at the time because it was basically just like... A rip-off of Google+. A rip-off of, like, Google and all those other, you know, apps that people already have. 
So, in August of 2013, McFarland started this company called Magnesis with 1.5 million of investor funding aiming to create an exclusive black card with social perks, such as club membership targeted at status-oriented millennials in certain big cities. So, um, <laughs> if we want to know how that worked... I mean, it wasn't really a credit card. He kind of he, he kind of mirrored it like American mirrored, Express. But yeah. the thing was, it wasn't actually a credit card itself. It linked to your it existing credit card. It linked to your existing cards. accounts. In, like, it wasn't an actual card. It wasn't a real credit card. Instead, it copied the MagStrip information from your existing accounts at, like, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, whatever. And then it could be used as a substitute. So I don't even... I don't know. I don't get the point of it, to be honest with you. But maybe it was attractive to these, you know, young people in the city. Well, he offered exclusive perks. Like It he... was supposed to have... It was supposed to offer benefits to the members, including VIP access to clubs, hotel discounts, and various other exclusive events. But... I don't think that it did anything it promised to do. Well, no, he was trying to say that they were going to get, like, all these different perks and everything, and none of them, none of them actually came through. That's what I'm saying. And like, then, like I said, it wasn't even a credit card. It was linked to your existing credit card. It was linked to your existing card. card. And he also, he actually claimed that Magnesis would have, like, it had 10,000 members. But the truth is that Magnesis never had more than four to 5,000 members. Right. And through Magnesis is how McFarland came to get hooked up with Ja Rule, I guess. Because of... Yeah, like, where the fuck did Ja Rule come from in all this? Like, what... Well... Did he just like Ja Rule and was like, you know who I want as my spokesman? Fucking Ja Rule. Ja Rule. <laughs> Who's, like, not been popular since the early 2000s. You know? It's like, I don't know. But I guess what he had done is he wanted him to perform at one of those events that he was putting on for Magnesis. I don't know why he picked him of all people. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Why Ja Rule? <laughs> I don't know. But then, like, so I guess they somehow got him to come and then they became besties. I don't know. <laughs> So, anyway, he hooked up with a couple other people for this thing because he partnered with that Grant Margolin. He's the one that ran all the marketing for Magnesis. And then I I he also, this is the big money that he hooked up with through this. He met Aubrey McClendon, the CEO oh, of Chesapeake yeah. Energy and the owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is the basketball yeah. team, I think. I, I, and three invested $500,000. Yeah, and then he was supposed to... He wanted, like, so much of it back, or was it all of it? I don't remember. Well, Aubrey died. Well, he did. I but... mean, but I don't know about that, but uh, did you... He died in the car fire. Well, whatever. he was... He was... They were investigating him for... For fraud on his own... On, on the oil stuff. Yeah, with the, the oil. energy. 
With the oil rigs and stuff. And then a day after he was indicted, he was in that he was car in that crash, car crash and, died. and died in the fire. Yeah. So you have to wonder, was that intentional? Did he purposely get into a car crash because he knew he was going to jail? I mean, probably. <laughs> it, it looked suspicious. Exactly. That's all I, I mean, know. A day after, it looks a little yeah, sus. It looked a little sus, but, you know, I don't know. So, clearly... Mr. McFarland, you know, he's good at, you know, being a grifter, <laughs> except he's not. <laughs> and, well, you know, what's funny is a lot of the people were saying like, oh, he's such a good business person. He's charismatic. He knows how to talk to people. Con men. No, no it's called he's people. good at conning people and manipulating people. Basically, that's that's how I look at it. So. Once, you know, these two linked up, good old Billy and Ja Rule, they thought of this, you know, idea about this app, which they were going to promote using this festival. So they launched, well, they launched Fire Media Inc. in 2016 which was the parent company of the fire festival. And you know, what's funny is in, in order to get investors, what Billy did was he claimed that fire media was worth $90 million. When in fact, the company only did about 60,000 in business. Bit of a discrepancy That's there, just Billy. A, just a tiny bit. Billy just baby. Bit. <laughs> just saying. Um, so yeah. He was just lying to people all over the place. So they thought of this idea for this music festival to promote this app that was like a way to link you up with, you know, it's like the tinder of of music booking. Yeah, right? the intent of it was to promote to match people with yeah, apps. this music talent booking app where you could essentially go on there and book some sort of talent to come to your event or your part like your birthday party, your this, your that, whatever. Your, you know, backyard barbecue, I don't know. <laughs> whatever you're doing. You know what I want at my birthday? Jaw roll. Jaw roll. <laughs> Everyone should come in and be like, what's my motherfucking name? Yeah, my birthday <laughs> is in um, a little over a month, and I fully expect you to book me Ja Rule. Okay. <laughs> I got some plans to make. <laughs> Anywho, this fire festival was promised to be an immersive music festival experience over two weekends at a private island in the Bahamas with VIP treatment, including being flown in on a custom private jet, <laughs> having lavish villas as your accommodations, gourmet meals, there were supposed to be 33 musical acts. And how many were there? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and mingling with celebrities, such as, Such as Bella Fadid, Emily yeah. Ratajkowski, and Kendall Jenner. Oh, and Kanye and was supposed to be Kanye there. Kanye was supposed to be there, apparently. 
some of the acts I had never heard of, but I know like they're supposed to be like little yachty. Blink one eighty two. Blink one eighty two. They backed out once they realized it was a skate. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, you're supposed to be able to, you know, live the life with these celebrities, supermodels, and social media influencers. Yeah, and the tickets were anywhere from twelve hundred to twelve thousand dollars, and. Once Billy realized that he didn't have enough Not money to money. fund this, even after selling the basic tickets at twelve hundred a pop, he just lied and said they were sold out, and said so they that were they could sold sell out the bigger packages, and started promoting the bigger packages. And this is after he'd already sold like eight thousand tickets. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah, oh big time, just doing whatever he could at that point because he was in knee deep honestly <laughs> let's be honest it was bad it was bad so the event was promoted on instagram by said social media influencers and models many of whom did not disclose that they had been paid in well, order I think to they promote paid this. kendall jenner like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to make that post yeah and it was just a basic burnt orange box with a link to the video that they shot with these models that was promoting the event. Thank you, Kendall. Go girl, <laughs> give us nothing. <laughs> this lame video where, like, they basically had these girls just dancing around. Dancing around, having a good Looking time. Looking hot. Looking at my boobies. Come to the in island. In bikinis and having a great time and drinking and just living it up. You know? Speaking of drinking, I'm sorry to cut in. But we were going to discuss this. Okay, so we're not one of those podcasts that's all like, oh, we get drunk every time we do a podcast and, like, let's tell you what we're drinking. But tonight we are drinking a dupe of Applebee's white peach sangria. And it's, it's fantastic. And it's dangerous because it's, it's so good. And, <laughs> and just we're going to link that in the show notes. This isn't something that we're going to regularly do because that's... We're not one of those podcasts. We're not those but people. But it's so great that we're going to do that this one time. And continue. Okay. So, yeah. This video, like I said, was all over the place. And people were just like, what were they calling it? FOMO. Like, yes. people having the fear of missing out. They were like, oh, I just... I have to be there because it looks so thrilling and exciting and, you know, whatever. Well, it was exciting. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was thrilling. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, so, this video that was shot was actually shot on a different island than what ended up being the island they used oh. for. So, what island did they shoot it on? I know it was, the event was supposed to be held on Great Exuma. Yes. It was originally supposed to be on this island um, that had s supposedly been owned by, like, some mob boss or something. Or, like, oh, 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 oh. And so... Was it Pablo? Pablo Escobar? Escobar is who they were claiming it was owned by, but in reality, he never owned it. And that place was called Norman's K or Key. I don't know if that's how you say it. It's spelled C-A-Y, but I think it's, I'm not sure. But I heard someone pronounce it, but 
I'm so brain dead after my day at work <laughs> I that know. I can't remember. It's been a long week. It's been, it, and it's only Tuesday. Um, so, yeah. During this promotional campaign, the video, the Billy McFarland claimed in the video that the island had been owned by Escobar. So the owners canceled their arrangement with him because they were like, no, we told you not to say that in the video. They told him specifically not to say that in the video. I mean, he was <laughs> a cartel. Like, he murdered people. Why would you brag on that? And apparently it wasn't true anyway, so it was like, why? Why, you know? So what happened was they had to find an alternative venue. And from the time that that happened, they only had four months. But they pissed around for so long and couldn't find a place that when it came down to it, they only had two months to go before Fire Festival, before the Bahamian government gave him a permit to use a site that was set aside for development at Roker Point on Great Exuma, just north of the Sandals Resort. But what they did was they continued to promote it as being on that private island. And what they did was they made maps of the site, but they like literally took pieces out to make it look like it was still a private island and that that Sandals Resort didn't exist. <laughs> it, was just, it, was whole, it was a whole thing. <laughs> Because they wanted it to still look like this exclusive, like, hey, you're going to be there by yourselves. And that was not the case. So, yeah. They used this, that island, and they simply just went and they renamed that island Fire Key. Just because, I guess, they thought it sounded cool and it promoted what they were trying to promote. So, yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> and apparently, like I said, they they never announced the change, which they should have. As a matter of fact, they were trying to hide the fact that they had changed it. And so, with only those two months, they needed to put up infrastructure, all sorts of things. They had nothing. This island had nothing. It was bare bones. There was nothing there. There was an island. <laughs> So, they had, they hired all these workers. They were from the Bahamas. Like, I think it said they started with a hundred, but then this person would tell this person would tell this person. Then it ended up being like closer to 200 workers that they had working for them from the Bahamas. And they scattered sand over the rocky areas and improved the road that took you to a nearby beach they you know were trying to make it look as nice as they possibly could given the amount of time they had and the resources they had as well you know what i mean so kind of a mess and like we said before, they had day tickets you could buy, actually, that were only 500 to 1500 Only? 
only 500 to 1500 but the vip packages that they started promoting like way later on down the road you know when he was like oh i need i need money more money <laughs> were like some of them were upwards of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it was like you get your own private yacht to stay on which clearly never happened then they also <laughs> advertised private homes too private houses that you could stay in too also and he claims that they actually had the keys to like what a 250,000 or something right no, it was 200. like 250 homes homes yeah and he and lost, lost the, the keys. keys yeah if that were the case billy why didn't you tell anybody yeah why were you like oh my god i just lost 250 keys maybe i should probably work on that yeah so another thing they did at the last second, I think it was probably, I think it was like two weeks before the event. Um, they sent out emails to the people who had bought tickets and were like, oh, this is a cashless event. Like at the last minute, like two weeks before. The <laughs> and they were like, oh, you have to buy these fire bands right. and load them with cash in order to be able to and they just get scanned purchase things so they can just scan them and that's how you pay for things which in itself is a good idea it is a good idea which i've heard that other events do do this like other i've never been to a music festival but i've heard that other music festivals do do this and i mean it makes sense because honestly like they're out in the middle of nowhere there really wasn't like very good internet or you know connection and plus it just speeds things up plus it speeds things up you don't have to sit there and make change but the reason he made this change was because he needed the cash to help pay for the event that's why he told them this at the last second and people were they were told in the email to loan 300 to 500 dollars per day and people were loading upwards of three thousand to eight grand on these bracelets like bands whatever <laughs> this is just insane you know what i mean all because he realized he was in over his head folks <laughs> he was like i keep and and here's the other thing he was told multiple times by many people that this wasn't gonna work that this was not gonna happen yeah, in a short amount of time i remember the the what was his name delroy jackson the bartender that he initially spoke to but at the bahamas yeah. before any of this went down and he was like this is he was like there's you no think way. i can pull it off and delroy was like no way in hell the developer that they hired to you know set everything up down there in the bahamas for them and everything told them the same thing they everyone tried to tell him you need to wait a year hold it off and just start it then and do like just you know get your stuff in order Take and then together. wait a year to launch it because it was just there was no way i mean you're going to a place where there's nothing literally nothing there's no way that you're going to be able to fulfill the obligations that you just told all these people. I mean, it's an island. It's an undeveloped island. And he thought he was going to, what, get, like, running water? And yeah, there was no running water. No, no electricity. No nothing. Like, how did he think this was going to work? 
So, I mean, obviously he did it. And when the guests got there, they were literally greeted with like, first of all, they had to ride a school bus into, right, a jam-packed school bus into the island. And then Mm -hmm. when they got there, there's no homes, there's no yachts, there's no nothing. There's no nothing. There's just FEMA tents. FEMA tents set up all over the ground. And then they're promised gourmet food and they get... Cheese sandwiches. The most pathetic looking cheese sandwich <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I know, honestly. A styrofoam plate thing. Container, yeah. And their showers had green and dirty water. One of the guys ran the water for like a second and then was like gagging. Right. Obviously it was not suitable. It was not a good, it was not anything like they promised. And of course there were no music acts. There was no Kanye. Everyone had backed out because they knew that it was not going to work. It wasn't going to be a possibility. Do you know what I mean? So pretty much everyone had backed out that they had asked. All the acts pulled out, the chefs, everything, every person that they had asked to do stuff for them all backed out at the last minute. And then they had to kind of just make it up as they went. You know what I mean? Which is basically how (laughs) Billy ran all of his scams. Just pretty, me. pretty much. That's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. And so, just to give you an idea, there is a blogger and podcaster that went with his three friends, Seth Crosno. I don't know if that's how you say that or not, but he said that him and his three friends spent forty-five thousand on tickets, travel, and luxury accommodations. But when they turned up. What they, what they found <laughs> was still practically a building site. There were workers and pickup trucks and 18 wheelers everywhere. They had left. What happened was there was a big rainstorm the night before also. And they had all these mattresses laying out, not even in the tents. I remember watching the doc and like the people were like scrambling to get the driest mattress. Yeah. People were running and carrying mattresses to the Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but this is ridiculous. I'm not laughing at them. They suffered. That's terrible. They should have never had to deal with that. But it sounds like a nightmare, but it is kind of funny. You know what I mean? So like, you know, and their luggage. That's the other thing. Their luggage didn't even come with them on the plane. It was brought in on, like, on a truck in the middle of the in the middle of the night, too. That's the thing. It was, like, 3 a.m. or something in the dark, and they're, like, just throwing luggage at people. Um, out of, like, the back of the... Could you imagine paying $12,000? How did the state of Bama 10 get a cheese sandwich? He bought a moldy match. I mean, honestly, I'd lose it. I'd probably be in jail. It sounds unbelievable, honestly, but it happened. Oh, my gosh. Well, and it's so funny because even people were trying to keep everyone organized and keep things at bay. But like then Mr. Billy stood up on a table and was like, just go grab a tent. Yeah, like, just go. Like, it was a free-for-all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were both like, go start in the tent. And then the people just became savages. <laughs> you know, we're like... And then, of course, this 
resulted in a ton of legal issues for this this man's. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm sorry. I need to talk about the loan. I need to talk about the loan because <laughs> because I work in loan operations, and this is you go right this ahead. Is the craziest loan I've ever seen in my life. So Billy borrowed about seven million dollars to fund all of this and he took a loan with an annualized rate of a hundred and twenty percent that's insane that's nuts and when i read that i was like holy shit and so i turned to my coworker at the bank i work at and i'm like what's the highest interest rate you've ever seen and she's like on a mortgage and i was like no just in general like have any loan what's the highest interest rate you've ever seen and she's like thirteen and Maybe. Yeah. And granted, I've seen higher. I've seen up to like 25, 28. Right. For higher loans that are unsecured. So whenever you do an unsecured loan, meaning there's no collateral backing it up, there's nothing the bank can seize to in case you default. Those tend to have a higher rate because you're more of a risk because exactly. you don't have anything. Like if you have a loan where your car or your home is collateral, if you, you have default on the loan, or, yeah, they can yeah. take the car or the home. You get a lower rate because of that, because they have some assurance that in one way or another, they're getting their money back. But when you take an unsecured loan, they do tend to jack up the rate because you're more of a risk and they want to right. make sure that you're going to be able to pay it back. 120, 120% though, 120%. The interest alone on this loan was $600,000. And he defaulted on it. Of course. Of course. And was then sued by the lender. That's just ridiculously insane anyway. Mm -hmm. Good old Billy. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, he just, you know, he got himself into some hot water. And the sad thing is, it's like, here's the funny thing. He was literally, like, taking money from one investor to pay another investor to pay another investor. He was pulling an Anna Delvey. There was just so many levels of just, you know, like, it was completely a mess. You know what I mean? Not to mention, you know, charging all these people a ridiculous amount of money. To give them a cheese thing. To give them a cheese sandwich. I can't and, even imagine and how bad the mattress was. I was just going to say, I can't imagine how bad the mattresses smelled. Yeah, only, I literally can only lyrics. imagine. So, in May of 2017, McFarland and John Rule were sued for $100 million. That's so funny. Wait, look. <laughs> That's my next note. <laughs> in a class action lawsuit on behalf of Fire Festival attendees. And I... I saw that there were six federal and four individual additional lawsuits filed. There were see, so I, many lawsuits. I'm not going to say. You want to go see the information? Google it. Google. You'll, Google. You'll see it because we're going to link everything we looked at. But it's just there's so many levels. And so many people did individual um, lawsuits against them that it's like insane. It's like. Literally, you're reading through it, and it's like, there's a second one. Oh, and then a third, and then a fourth, and then a fifth. It just keeps going. Do you know what I mean? But this is the major one, okay? 
Yeah, the wire fraud, he was arrested by federal agents on June 30th, 2017. Yes. Literally, the FBI was investigating him and his company, Fire Media, because obviously people knew that st shady stuff was going on. I think even employees. Oh, they did. Had they definitely did. Given there given was information. Yo, yeah. What I was did her name? Emily, Emily Bohm, I think was her name. And she was just like, this ain't right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It it was messed up. You know? Well, the funniest part to me. The funny. Oh, it's yes, not really I funny. Bet I know it's what you're going to really say. It's not really funny. I know what you're going to say. The fact that this man was represented by a public defender because they didn't even bother to pay his actual legal team enough to continue working for him. So he gets a DA. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a mess. Literally, it gets even worse, folks, because literally... After he was charged with the wire fraud and pleaded to two counts of it in March of 2018 and was sentenced to six years in federal prison, there was a brief time where he was out on bail. Oh my God, okay. it gets worse. It gets so much worse. It gets so much worse. This guy is the scummiest of the scumbags, okay? While he's out on bail... He starts another business <laughs> under a front name, like this young person, I think like 23 or something, the guy was. He's an actual person, but he was using... Oh, um, that Frank guy, right? Frank Tribble yes. is his name. He was using him as like a front man to be the face of this company, but really behind the scenes, it was all Billy and it was called NYC VIP access yeah it was nyc vip access of what they were doing or not doing what they were claiming to claiming do. to do is selling tickets to exclusive events like the met gala burning man coachella the grammys places you can't even purchase tickets to or even get into <laughs> and he did this while he's out on bail and what's for easy for fraud he's going to go and commit some more fraud. But what's actually really crazy about it is these morons filmed themselves doing oh, this. Yeah. It's oh, actually yeah. in the it's Netflix. It's in the Netflix documentary. If you want to check it out, they literally, like, not on per. That's not really on purpose, but inadvertently recorded him conducting some of these business transactions over the phone right and, and the thing <laughs> is over the phone was frank it wasn't him because people would recognize billy's voice so he was using so he frank, frank, to, frank speak to, people. to speak to people so of course he got his bail revoked oh and God. dum dum went to jail ridiculous literally ridiculous and then in march of 2018 he did plead guilty to two counts of wire fraud and to using false documents to attract investors to invest more than $26 million into his company. And the, the wire fraud he was doing was he was trying he, to... He was for... He was, like, making fake... Was entire making fake, fake emails. Emails. Entire, like, fake wire trans transfers. With, like, information oh cut off at the bottom. And so that they couldn't verify that it was real or it not. It was so insane. Like, literally. Like, falsifying so many documents to send to these people to get them to invest money into his business well he was they were it saying he was like he would sell a ticket like he would sell tickets to one event and he would literally go 
and like buy the tickets off StubHub himself. Himself. For yeah. crazy cost. And then he would need to make he the, money, need the back. money back. So he yeah. would then go and be like, oh, let me get tickets to Hamilton. And then he would sell those. And then he would need to make up the money for the Hamilton tickets. So then he was trying to sell tickets to the Met Gala. And all of this just ended with him eventually on June 12, 2018, getting charged for selling the fraudulent tickets through NYC VIP. Right. Because, you know, it caught up with him and they realized he was the person actually doing this. You know, behind the scenes. It's funny because there was some... Oh, and here's the even shittier part. The emails that they were sending out about these tickets to people, they were using the same people who got conned to go to Fire Festival. Right, because they were on the mailing list. They were on the mailing list, so they're sending all of this to these people that already wasted so much money. You know, and I understand if these people had that much money to throw around, that's on them, I get that. But, like... Literally, the people I feel the worst for are the people in the Bahamas that they hired to do this right? work that didn't get paid. They didn't. For and one, and, half, one and a half to two months of work, none of them got paid. And that one lady that owns the restaurant. And the, the lady that owns the restaurant took $50,000 of her own savings to try and make this happen. And she's just out that money now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any, any, anything, any scam that's going to prey on a small business owner, that just, that really pisses me off. Because right, she, she thought that this was going to be great for her. She thought that she thought all that these people were going to come. It was going to bring business and, and to bring her all this bar business. And, restaurant. and she ends up getting out that all that she's money. She's in the hole now. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. So then on October 11th, 2018, that's when he got sentenced to his six years in federal prison. And then, you know me, I went down the rabbit hole of the whole prison experience for him because that's what I'm into. Can't wait. So I did see some stuff. He was first held in Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn. And he was later transferred to Otisville Correctional Facility in upstate New York in 2019. And Dum Dum got into trouble there. Because he snuck in a USB drive to keep notes for a possible book deal. <laughs> so he got caught and well. was then put in isolation for three months. He claims that he fell asleep nightly to a gang member named White Tiger. Screaming. <laughs> White you know what? Tiger. Thank you, White Timer. White Tiger. I hope that you made his experience there a nightmare. A living hell. Honestly. So, I don't know why you were there. I didn't look into it, but thank you. Thank you, White Tiger, for your act of service. I know, right? So, after that, he was moved to Elkton, a low-security federal prison in Ohio. And in 2020, he got put into solitary again for six months, partly for using a payphone to participate in a podcast called Dumpster Fire about the fire festival. Oh, great. Like, you scammed and defrauded all these people. You defaulted on your loan. You went to jail. And your thought was like, hey, let me go on a podcast. And you know what else is funny? This is just, like, a side note that I thought of. The media company that they hired to promote it and stuff actually is behind one of the documentaries. But I don't quote me because I can't remember which one it was, though. Like, I don't know if it was the Netflix or the Hulu one. But one of them was actually made by the 
same company that was like promoting this event for him. Would you like to hear a fun tidbit? Sure. <laughs> he requested compassionate release due to his asthma in April 2020. Because oh, of I COVID. saw this. He, and he they said COVID. no. <laughs> he got COVID while he was in and jail. And then he didn't get Boom. COVID. He, when did he get it? He, uh, I saw that he got He tested COVID. positive for COVID in July of 2020. So I in April, he was like, let me out. I might get COVID. And they were like, no, fuck you. And then he got it. And then he got <laughs> it. Well, you know what? He's still alive. So he only served four years yes, of the six years. He huh? got released to a halfway house in July of 2020. And he actually was recently released from his house arrest just this month. And I followed up with some of that too to find out what he's going, what he's got going what on kind now. Of scams he's got going and, on. And um, he's barred for life from serving as a director of any public company. Oh, I as that. he should be. He and should be. Whatever job he gets. Which, let's be real, this man's never going to get a legitimate job because oh, he knows it's no. going to happen. If he gets a job, any earnings he gets will be garnished until he pays back the full amount that he owes his victims. So this is a guy who is never, uh, he's never going to have another job. He is basically just going to end up trying to scam again. I oh, already yeah. can see it coming because he's not going to get a job that's actually going to report all this income to the government because then he's going to end up gonna losing it all to... and he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do yeah, and men gonna... like him can't handle that oh yeah for sure so his settlement that was originally for as much as seven thousand two hundred and twenty dollars per customer but by july 2021 they have reduced it to only $281. Really? So if this guy scammed you out of like $12,000. That's crazy. You still only could get $281 back from him. So that's insane. they were actually unable to recover most of the money due to him being in jail. Obviously. And a lot of it was paid out to these influencers already. Any celebrities like Kendall Jenner. Oh, yeah. And that's the other and thing. And they couldn't like, recoup all that money. He was more worried about paying those people back as compared to... The, the poor people. The poor people. Uh, and the Kendall workers. Jenner, you know, of course she deserves to have her money back for being scammed, but she doesn't really need it. So right. you should definitely be focusing more on the poorer folks that you scammed. So out of all the money, they were only able to recover $1.4 million. And after Blink-182 pulled out, they returned $157,100 of the 265000 they had been paid. That's crazy. And I don't know why they didn't return all of it. I didn't look into that. I don't, I really don't know why they wouldn't just return all of it. If they were like, no, this is bullshit. I'm canceling. I don't know why they wouldn't give it all back. But that's what they did. I don't so, know. So, Ja Rule was initially charged along with, with him. McFarland. Yeah. But Ja Rule claimed that he'd actually also been scammed by Billy. Billy. And that... Uh, his his lawyers argued that McFarland used his name and connections to promote the event, and that he really wasn't as involved as they were saying. But if you watch the documentary, no, because he went on a podcast leader where they liquored him up and, dr and he and did drunk admit it. Ja Rule said this drunk, was all my idea. He did drunkenly admit that it was all his idea. But before that happened, before he drunkenly <laughs> admitted that on a podcast, his lawyers were arguing that. He had nothing to do with it, that that McFarland just used his likeness and his name to promote it. But the truth of the matter was, I guess it was his idea from the beginning, from the get-go. So here's the thing, though. I don't want to sit here and speculate and say that for sure he planned the fraud. 
he may the whole thing may have been his brainstorm. It may have been his baby, you know, idea-wise. But maybe Ja Rule really wasn't like involved in the I don't think that Ja Rule was involved in the scamming and the investor wire fraud and all that stuff. I don't think he was involved in any of that. It's just that this literally was his brainchild, though, I do believe. Yeah. And 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 part of that proof lies in the fact that in theory it is a good idea. It is a good idea. In theory it's a good idea, but in 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 reality, in you needed more time to pull this yeah, off. Yeah, in execution, if Billy hadn't just been so greedy and had actually pitched his idea to real investors right. and gotten the money for it, he could have pulled this off oh. just at a later time. At a later date. And it, it probably would have been really cool. Oh, yeah. For sure. But Billy was too he eager was too to get his money. And too greedy. So the guy that, remember I said he got involved with this Grant Margolin guy yeah. to do the marketing and everything he ended up being fined thirty thousand dollars too i heard about a defendant that. in the case which was brought by garrigus and garrigus the attorneys that are working that case yeah so i also looked up kind of what's going on currently with them okay um i don't know do you have anything on on that i do not okay. the only thing that i had was i this is why I think, you know, that Ja Rule had more to do with it than he claims is the fact that he did, in fact, start an app on his own. Oh, yeah. Icon after all of this called Icon that allows its creators and users to video cast, book and connect with artists, you know, to basically do what they were trying to do with Fire Media. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, if, if that's not proof, yeah, I don't know what, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So, currently, though, uh, Billy's out of jail, and he's, he's living in Brooklyn, and he can't pay his own rent because he broke. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> friends and family, heavy air quotes, are paying his rent, and uh, he wants to start a tech company. So, y'all, um, don't invest in let's that. Let's keep an eye out, because I think Billy's <laughs> about to be back in a big way, and not in a good way. Not in a good way, in a bad way. Um, in April 2020, while he was in jail, trying to get out of jail because of an asthma, he led a drive called Project 315, which pays for inmates' calls to family. And Wow. Um, the fees were waived nationwide within six days of the project's Instagram launch. And when I read that, I was like... Okay, Billy, finally doing some good here. But then, but then, no. Because he claims credit, even though this was actually the work of Senator Amy... Oh my gosh, I forgot how to say it. I'm so sorry. Um, Amy Klo- Klobuchar, I think is how you say it. I did look it up, and then I lost it. But okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Amy Klobuchar. Um, she's a senator, and there was a group of other Democratic senators working with her to make this actually happen. But Billy thinks it was all Billy. But he claims it was him. So now he says he wants to do some more charity and fund a nonprofit charity. to pay for inmates' families' travel costs. So, again, this is good in theory, but do we trust Billy to carry it to out? To carry it out? No. I'm not giving because Billy any money. what he's doing. And how is Billy going to run a nonprofit? He's not allowed to be... In charge of uh, anything. A director of any public. So that's what they said. So he I don't get it. supposed to be in charge of anything. So Bill Bill threw a party the night of his release in the East Village. Of course he did. 
And two of Not his... Not How do you say it? Is it Bohemian? Bohemian? I Bo think it's... Bo Bo Bohemian. Bohemian? Bohemian? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Two, two of the guys... Two of the guys that were employed by him in the Bahamas attended this party. Yeah, they still talked to him. But listen, so Ozzy Rule said he'd been paid almost everything he was owed. However, his cousin Scooter Rule said he hadn't received most of what he was owed, and he was there not to support Billy. He wanted to set the record straight. Oh, well. So, okay, Scooter. Get it. That's what I'm saying. And really the only other thing I found of note was Maria Konnikova. Okay. And she is a writer and psychologist. The girlfriend? No. Not the girlfriend. No, it's not no. the girlfriend. Okay. This, is, this, is, this, is, this is a different person. Um, she's a writer and a psychologist, and she kind of specializes in scammers and con artists and stuff. Okay. And a quote by her, con artists look into your soul. They see what you're missing, and they take advantage of that. And she says, Truth. without a doubt, we're going to see more for Billy. Oh, she yeah, says, for without sure. a doubt, he's going to go back and he's going to come up with more scams. Of she course. says, all con artists go back to conning. That's all they know, really. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I feel. I've, that's what I've seen of con artists. It's like, that's all they know. That's how their brain is wired. Yeah, and they don't. They genuinely don't think that they're really doing anything wrong. wrong. They completely believe in the shit yeah. that they are saying and that they're going to make this all happen. Yeah, and, it's kind and of Billy, insane. Billy has no accountability whatsoever. Like, I want to say there's a little bit of anything that's, like, redeeming in anybody. Like, I have right. a hard time just saying anyone is just a shit person all around, that there's no hope for them. You know me. Yeah, that's not how I am. But Billy was so pissed off about being called out on his on stuff his shit. that he actually walked, walked out, out of the interview <laughs> yeah. in the Hulu documentary. He had just walked out. He's like, I need a 10-minute break. And the guy was like, for what? And he was like, I need a 10-minute personal break. And, like, you could just see. I mean, if you watch it, you can just see the shift in his face go oh, from, yeah, like, okay, I'm sure. bullshitting, ha, 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 to they got me and now I'm mad. Right. I don't know. And I don't remember her name, but he had a he had a girlfriend when he was doing the interviews. And I guess they met while he was in jail. And he was writing her letters. And he was writing her letters. And she, like, literally... I feel like she's being duped, too. So, sorry to Is say. Is she still with him? Because I couldn't make that out, really, from the... I feel like she is, but maybe not. I don't know. But he, for sure, during all of this, they were still together during the documentary and the filming of the interviews and all that because she was there with him. And she was like, her name is Anastasia. Anastasia. Girl, if you are still with Billy, wake up. <laughs> like She's a Russian model. She she believes that he really, truly didn't do anything wrong and that he does feel bad about all of this. But I feel like Mr. Belly is, you know, pulling some wool over her eyes. I believe they're still together. Just I like just found he has all these other people. I'm nerding out over here now that we're talking about it. <laughs> 
And I just found an article from February of this year that said they are still together. And I can't, you know, how media sensationalizes everything. I don't see a single thing about a breakup. So, yeah, you think we would have I'd seen have to it. believe that they're still together. So, uh, Anastasia, girlfriend, you can do better. For real. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's the Fire Festival, Fire Media, Story and Billy. I feel like the real losers in this situation are those poor bohemian workers that he owes like i think it was like <laughs> i don't millions 1.5 million at least or something yeah or half a million the one or thing something. that i mean the netflix doc i haven't watched the netflix doc in years like i watched it when it actually came out none of those workers got paid they were there for months on end trying to make this happen at the last and minute doing hard labor doing hard labor and uh, also his employees at fire media that just got completely let go out of nowhere my mind always just went back to that poor lady in that restaurant like it's been it's been right. a couple years since i watched that doc that part i don't even think is covered in hulu doc i don't remember i didn't it see it though she's well, talking they briefly went over it but but when she was talking, she's just devastated. I know, and it just, it really stuck with me. It the really fact stuck that with me. she dipped into her own personal savings to try to get this to happen for them, and they're not even grateful. They didn't really... And they're not sorry. They, they're not sorry. They didn't pay her back. They didn't pay her at all. They didn't pay any of those people. I'd, I'd feel bad for those people, and like I said, I do feel bad for the people that were working for him at his company, because they didn't... In the beginning, they didn't know they were working for someone who's a con artist. Right. They thought they just had a great job. And that townhouse looked super cool. And so... Oh, and he also got he also got sued by the um, the townhouse owner that they were using as an office. As an office. Oh, because yeah, they trashed it. Because they trashed it. So they didn't even have that. Like, that was... The one girl said that the townhouse was the main pool. That she really right. wanted to work in the townhouse. And he trashed it. And they didn't even have that anymore. Like, Billy just does not know how... To keep a good thing going. Yeah. Well, once the company got investigated by the FBI, they just had to shut it down. It just got shut down. So these people were out of jobs, not making money, lost their benefits, lost everything. And I feel bad for those people as well because, like, they were just thinking they were working a normal job. They didn't know what they had gotten themselves into. You know what I mean? It's just, it was a... So many layers of deception. You know what I mean? So, to wrap it up, we are not a fan of Billy. Not a fan. And if it seems too good to be true, it is. Something about kids breaking their trance or something? Oh, Jesus, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's like a whole thing. Anyway. Oh, my God. Ma'am. <laughs> I thought it felt loose. I was like, why does this feel so loose? And it's because it's going to throw my phone on the fucking floor. That's why. I guess so. I was like, fuck you. You're not I don't want to hear back. <laughs> <laughs>